Yo, are we live? We are? Sweet. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mind Over Chatter podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Wimp, and if you have not yet done it, please hit that subscribe button so you won't ever miss another podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with the people around you so that hopefully other people can benefit from it. In today's episode, we're going to take a deep, deep dive into our fields. I'm excited. Let's go. All right, here we are. Episode two. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, Today is going to get deep. It might be a little hard for some of us to talk about. We're finally going to get into our insecurities. It's something that I think a lot of us young people are going through or have gone through. I know for sure I struggle with it and still struggle with it every single day. From my personal experience, I've learned that our insecurities can dramatically change who we are, how we think, and the things we do to the point of we don't even know who the hell we are anymore. But I want you to think about the last time you felt insecure. Was it at a business meeting where you had an interesting idea but never raised your hand because you were afraid you'd sound dumb? Was it at a dinner table during a conversation with your family on a topic that you were simply clueless about? Was it in your relationship because you feel insecure that your group of friends won't accept your spouse? The unfortunate thing about our insecurities is that they show up in so many ways in our lives. We can feel insecure professionally, personally, even with our parents, they're present in all these little pockets of our lives. What we fail to realize is if we don't do anything about them, they're going to grow, they're going to get bigger, they're going to get louder, and they're going to get worse. Most of us would agree that we do everything we possibly can to ignore our insecurities because we really just don't like the way they make us feel. And for whatever reason, they won't go away. The first thing I want to touch on today is the difference between body image insecurities and personal and ability insecurities. There's an article in Vogue that says men are more likely to feel insecure about their personality and abilities, while women are more likely to feel insecure about their body. The study goes on to tell us that negative thoughts about our body image usually arise from other people's comments. But our negative thoughts about personality and abilities are usually self-imposed. So let's break that down just a little bit. For those of us who struggle with body image issues, those insecurities are usually brought on by other people's comments. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're in the line at Panda Express and you get a bunch of food, like some orange chicken, teriyaki chicken, fried rice, a couple egg rolls, large Diet Coke. Then one of your friends in line says, dang, did you get enough to eat? If you're someone who struggles with body image insecurities, that comment, even as a joke, feels like a dagger. That comment can feel like a punch in the gut because truth be told, that body image insecurity has been living in us since like third grade. But we never dealt with it, and because we never dealt with it, it grew into something that we actually think about every single day. And although our friends may not know any of this, 
we immediately remember in that moment what it felt like to first be made fun of. C.S. Lewis tells us, You do not have a soul. You are a soul, and you have a body. We are a soul, and we have a body. Who we are is not our body. Who we are is not the clothes we wear, it's not the car we drive, and it's not the house we live in. We are the conscious presence that lives inside of our body. Yet we let something we have define how we feel about ourselves, which sounds ridiculous. What we fail to realize is our bodies, much like our clothes, are just something we wear on top of our conscious mind. Your personality, your quirks, your imperfections, your emotions, that's who you are. That's your soul. Okay, so the second part. For individuals with insecurities about their personality or abilities, those negative thoughts were said to be self-imposed. For example, you're invited to a business lunch where you don't know anybody there. Before you even sit down, you tell yourself, you don't belong here. This person's dressed better than you. She seems way smarter than you. That guy over there, he's hilarious. So why are you even here? What do you have to offer? Those insecurities having to do with your personality and your abilities are self-imposed. Nobody at that business lunch said anything to you to make you feel this way. You just do. I remember at my first job right out of college, we were in a sales residency training program and we had to give presentations to our bosses and executives pretty often. I think it was like once a week or once every other week, something like that. But we usually had at least a week's notice to plan it. So I had plenty of time to plan and feel confident for what I was going to say. I would stay up rehearsing my speech until midnight just to make sure I was ready. But you know what? No matter how prepared I was, and no matter how many times I recited my speech in my living room by myself, when I got into that room on presentation day, I felt so incredibly insecure. The people in that room didn't have to say a word. I already felt it. The root of our insecurities come from constantly comparing ourselves with every single thing we're exposed to in our day-to-day reality. The worst part is we often compare some of the most ridiculous things. The other day I was at the store and I heard this guy say, no, we don't buy steak here. We get our steak through ButcherBox, which is a membership you pay to have steak sent to your house. Side note, this is not an advertisement for ButcherBox, but that would be cool. But after hearing this guy's comment, why did I feel insignificant? Because I was at Kroger buying steak and this dude pays for butcher box. I immediately went down that rabbit hole. Why doesn't this guy buy steak at Kroger? Why can't I afford a steak delivery membership? He probably makes a bunch of money and can afford it. Maybe I don't make enough. Is it because he has a better job? So he makes more money, which means he's more important. And that's why he gets steaks into his house. What? Who freaking cares? I've cooked steak a hundred times And not one time did somebody say, hey, these would taste better if they came from ButcherBox. But damn it, there I was, standing in Kroger, 
evaluating my entire life because some bullshit comment I overheard in passing. Wow. If you've ever heard the quote from Teddy Roosevelt, he said, Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison takes a happy marriage and turns it into my spouse isn't attractive enough. It can steer a parent to think my child isn't as smart as the other kid. It can take a man who's happily supporting his family and turn it into our house isn't big enough. It's honestly the reason our friend groups have the up guy. You know, a guy or girl that waits until someone's done telling a story so they can go next and make sure their story's better. Simply put, it takes the best parts of our lives and says, it's not good enough. It's something you deal with. It's something I deal with. It's something we can't avoid. We compare things like attractiveness, wealth, intelligence, relationships, success, whether it's in a group chat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, pick your vice. Our society is set up that way. Our culture is obsessed with being the best at everything. But in order to be the best, we first compare ourselves with everyone around us to know where we stand in the rankings. But no matter where you are in the rankings, if you're not number one, you'll always compare yourself to whoever you give that number one ranking to. And if that's true, then when does it stop? We can't necessarily be the best at everything, all the time, all at once. Yet that's the standard we have for ourselves when we talk to that little voice in our head, right? We tell ourselves, I have to be the number one employee. I need to be the number one husband. I should be the number one brother, the number one student, the number one Christian. Relax. We need to focus on our strengths. If you don't know who you are, you will depend on other people for the answer. I'm going to say it again. If you don't know who you are, you will depend on other people for the answer. If you don't know your strengths and what you're good at, you'll compare yourself to everyone. You'll compare yourself to someone who has a great podcast. You'll compare yourself to someone who's a great teacher. You'll compare yourself to someone who works out. You'll compare yourself to someone who's funny. You'll compare yourself to someone who's intelligent. The point is, it doesn't go away. But when you find what you're good at and what you're passionate about, your comparison shrinks to the people in your group. For example, if you're a public speaker and you're confident and passionate about being a public speaker, now you'll only compare yourself to public speakers, which is much easier than being someone who should be a public speaker and instead comparing yourself to a writer, to a brand designer, to a content creator. You get the point. But when we stop comparing and start working on ourselves, overall, we begin to discover who we are. Check this out. In this moment, you have the ability to think independently of any event that's going on in your life. Right now, as you're sitting here listening to me, there is a problem in your life you're trying to solve. 
There may be some issue that you just can't decide on. There may be this sense of doubt you're trying to be free of. And as you sit here listening to me right now, you're thinking of that issue. Once you've identified that issue, you go into a co-creator space in your mind. And that is where you work to change your thoughts. You can change anything and everything about your reality. But it's in that space in your head where you're talking to the other you. That's where you decide. You either give in or you hold true and you focus on getting better. If you've ever used a pair of binoculars, when you hold them to your eyes, you point them in the general direction of what you're trying to see, right? It's usually a little blurry at first. So then you adjust the focus to really be able to catch the results. But only when you take the time to really focus in, will you be able to see things clearly. Once we focus in and are aware of the issues, we all enter that co-creator space and that's where we get better. You are an avenue of awareness. And as you begin to expand your awareness of who you really are, you make choices instead of decisions. Your choices liberate you from limitation. Choice is actually a function of ever-expanding awareness. And you'll begin to realize that everything you've been looking for, the power and presence of love, prosperity, abundance, joy, excitement, romance, happiness, all of it, all these things that seem so fleeting and just outside your grasp, they're actually already deep within you waiting to escape. You're here to let them, not to find them. But one of the only ways we can let them is to be us. So deal with those insecurities. Stop comparing yourself to others and just be you. See what happens. That's all I have for you today. I hope uh, that resonated with you. Most of all, I hope it made sense. I'm going to leave you the same way I always do. Be nice to people.